0: These are the Rural Generalist Supervisors of the Loddon Mallee region, training tomorrow's medical workforce across the northwest of Victoria. These supervisors take the specialist skills they've honed over an entire career and mentor, train and guide rural generalists towards a dynamic and fulfilling career in rural medicine. Small-time rural communities lack the demand for a lot of full-time specialist doctors, like anaesthetists. That's not to say these skills aren't needed, Emergencies and acute healthcare issues can happen anywhere, and the skills which rural generalists can provide on the spot can mean the difference between life and death. Dr. John Eddington is the Director of Anesthesia at Bendigo Health and says the skills rural generalists develop under his supervision are a key component of any healthcare capacity in rural medicine.
1: You can point people to the books and you can get them to do the academic sort of study. You can take them into into a lecture room or a tutorial room and give them a didactic talk about what you expect them to do. But like a lot of things, you really need hands-on training and you need to be phased from being completely supervised and having everything that you do closely watched right through to eventually having some control of the situation on your own, maybe with somebody to refer to until finally uh, we believe that the trainee is ready for solo practice without somebody who can be immediately available. It's something that we do on a regular basis. We train all of our trainees this way. And um, it's certainly in a hospital like Benigo Hospital, we've got a very much a specialist-led service. So there's always a specialist around and available. So the supervision is at quite a high level. When we want people to work more independently, we actively withdraw, but we're still
0: available. Was supervision something that you sought out to become a part of your workload and your career?
1: Oh, I I think the whole of medical training is that we learn a lot from our seniors. And so My training was like that. I've always been interested in in education and training and supervision. It's been something that I've done right. I'm originally from South Africa. I did my original anaesthetic training in South Africa, and um, I was trained by senior anaesthetists, and it's something that interested me. So when I qualified, I became involved in the training, formally in the training of trainees. In fact, uh, when I first arrived in Benigo, there were very few trainees here, and it's been a bit of a mission over the years to build up uh, base of trainees in many specialties but certainly when I arrived in Benegal of was 20 years ago but there were two trainees here we now have in anesthesia and we now have 10 so we built it up over time it's just something that I'm really involved and interested in you know some people aren't some people aren't it, it is something that gets to you know get, just makes me happy The other side of it is that I do a little bit of work out in very small regional hospitals in the London area. So I go out there and I I do work and I see what's happening with the rural generalists and the problems that they've got to face. And so it's quite a challenge actually to train them in such a way that it's all very well training people in a big regional hospital where we've got all the bells and whistles and plenty of people available. But being out and working in smaller centres gives you an idea of what you've got to train people for and and the fact that they don't have somebody just around the corner with vast expertise and knowledge to help them out. It's a challenge to get the trainee to a point where they can be safe, even if they are in a, in a remote area. This, I find that very interesting.
0: Is the supervision and training you provide just a one-way street or do you get anything out of it as well?
1: We do, without a doubt. So and a big, busy department like Benigo, we couldn't exist without our trainees, actually. We need them to do certain tasks. And so the trainees here, there's some stuff that we get them to do solo. For example, our trainees do most of the labor epidurals in this house, we, we teach them. That's one of our first cabs off the rank, we teach them how to do them. Because epidurals for ladies in labor are you know, frequently requested at all sorts of weird times and it's not possible to have an anaesthetic specialist in the hospital at all, sta- at all times, 24-7. But we do have a trainee in the hospital 24-7. So, yes, we reap the benefits. And trainees are also, they will go off and have a look at patients for us sometimes, um, especially on the weekends. The uh, specialist may be stuck in theatre with a, with a bad case and somebody else, another patient needs to be reviewed and the specialist can't leave the patient who's in the theatre, so we rely on the trainees. So yes, we get good returns from having trainees here, without a doubt. And so it's it's a it is a two way street from our point of view. The you know the training what the trainees get from us, as I said, is the is oversight and teaching and training.
0: Rural generalists would play a critical role in applying anaesthetics, particularly for smaller rural communities. Do you have any stories of rural generalists having to apply these sorts of skills over your time practicing medicine?
1: You know, it would be lovely for every small hospital in every corner of the state to have specialists, but they're just not available. And they've also got to have a volume of practice. And so if you put an anesthetic specialist like myself up in, you know, in say Swan Hill, it just wouldn't be enough work to keep me busy all the time. And therefore, I'd I'd either have to be permanently part-time or I'd have to do other things. So the whole idea about rural generalists is that they do other things. They are multi-talented, multi-skilled. And so when the need arises, I mean, they do certain bit of sub-specializing. So people don't just do everything. But if you're doing anesthetics and you are a GP, you can do anesthetics when required. But then... There's not enough anaesthetics for a full-timer, so you might do other things like run a GP practice, run a clinic, whatever it is, in that other time. So I think that the importance of rural generalists can't be underestimated. Um, You can't have the level of expertise of of a specialist in every centre. I um, have a fantastic story. It is from a long time ago. It's actually been reported in in some medical journals, but of a young group of men who were fishing on the Murray and there was a lot of horseplay and uh, a lot of alcohol involved and one of them literally got a whole fish stuck in his throat and he started to choke and die, obviously. His friends raced him off to a nearby hospital where two rural generalist GP anaesthetists managed to actually bypass this fish and 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 restore this patient's airway. I know about the story because I then went up to this town to collect the patient who had had his life saved by these two GPs and brought the patient down to Benigo, where we took about three and a half hours to extract this fish. It's a bizarre story, but it is. And these guys literally saved this man's life. He was a young man in his 20s. Saved his life and, the, and with the skills and expertise that they had in anesthesia and the ability to think on their feet, um, a fantastic effort. It's interesting that when one of my trainees um, heard about the story, she decided she would write it up in a medical journal, which is why it ended up, the story ended up in a medical journal, but she did some research. And weirdly, there is a place in somewhere in Southeast Asia where there's a bay where fishermen go and fish sitting on poles for long periods of time. And so they've got to hold on. And when they catch a fish, they often hold it between their teeth. And so this injury of having a fish go down your throat is actually quite not common, but it's, it's not that uncommon and it is well described. And the mortality is almost 100%. So the fact that these two general practice anaesthetists, uh, rural generalists, were able to save this man's life is actually quite an amazing feat. And the story reverberated around the medical journals and received a lot of very positive um, responses from anaesthetists around the world. Just again, although I'm a specialist, I can't reiterate enough the importance, in my opinion, of rural generalists. The way I look at it is, you know, we don't, even in Bendigo, we don't have AFL footy. And the reason is because there's just not enough people here to support you know, you go down to Melbourne, and there's you know there's eighty thousand people every weekend. We just don't have enough people around to support that. And so, you know, so what we do is, is is once a year, we everybody gets together and fundraising organisations and volunteer organisations, and they organise one preseason friendly a year in Benigo, and it's a big local community effort. And then we get one game a year. And this is the thing: we don't have enough demand in smaller centres to have specialists but we need the service. And so, you know, we've got to put things together to provide. It's not as, you know, it's, they're generalists, so it's not as specific and specialist as uh, you might be able to get in biggest uh, towns and, and large cities, but at least there is a service there. So the importance of these people is is immense, and I think it's often forgotten, and I think it's just important that we do get people to understand that rural generalists are and absolutely, especially in a country like Australia where it's such a such a huge country and the tyranny of distance is such a big factor. Uh, we'll never be able to do without rural generalists and uh, they're just vital to, our, to the whole medical service in this country.
0: Thanks to Dr Eddington for talking about his work and to you for listening. If you're interested in becoming a supervisor or joining the Victorian Rural Generalist Program, head to vicruralgeneralist.com Au. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and links to everything are in the show notes. You can listen to more stories from Rural Generalist supervisors by subscribing on your podcast app of choice, where you'll find new episodes every week. Finally, this podcast has been made possible by funding from the Victorian Department of Health through the Loddon Mallee's Rural Generalist Program, Murray City Country Coast GP Training, and Monash University's Northwest Victorian Regional Training Hub, funded through the Commonwealth Department of Health's Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program.